Hello, and welcome to episode 10 of the Ranting Redneck podcast. We've been on hiatus a couple of weeks because it seemed like Sunday evenings, which is when I do my recordings, was basically a circus for a couple of weeks, and so there wasn't really much opportunity to get away and do my thing, and so I'm kind of maybe a little rusty at this again. This is our 10th episode, and it's been a lot of fun doing this. It uh, feels like maybe that's kind of a landmark, and we certainly appreciate, you know, the people that have taken the time to listen to our show and those that have told me, you know, what they think, and it's been fun. Today, it just seems like a good time since what's happened in the past week to talk about Hollywood and their anti-Second Amendment stance and, you know, their gun control garbage and, you know, the hypocrisy that's involved in that. Earlier this week on the set of the movie Rust, well-known actor Alec Baldwin fired a prop gun that had a live round in it and killed a couple of crew members, a cinematographer and an assistant director. The There are so many questions that this raises in our mind, not the least of which is why in the hell were you pointing any firearm at the crew of a movie? You know, this happening to another actor would have been horrible. All, uh, you know, many of us remember in March of 1993 when actor Brandon Lee, who was the son of Bruce Lee, was killed on the set of the movie The Crow when a blank round was fired through a prop gun that had a fragment of, apparently a fragment of a bullet lodged in the barrel. And the blank round basically forced that out of the barrel, struck him, and after several hours of surgery, he passed away. That was terrible. That was horribly sad. But it was... Michael Massey was another cast member who had been supposed to shoot what he thought was a harmless gun carrying a blank. And this was a scene in the movie. You know, he was supposed to fire this firearm at Brandon Lee. Terrible. There's lots of fault to go around on that deal. But at least when you look at it, you say, okay, this was an accident that happened on a movie set. Somebody didn't check the gun. This happened, that happened. But it was two people who were part of the scene. Alec Baldwin apparently was pointing a firearm at crew members. Now, I don't care if it's a prop gun, if you think it's empty, if you think it contains blanks. These aren't people that are part of a scene. This was just somebody being an idiot with a firearm in their hand. And someone lost their life and someone else was injured because of it. You know, a woman who was married, had a child, is now gone. That that husband, that child, she has been taken away from them by someone who was basically doing something stupid on a movie set. One, you have the gun in your hand. It is your responsibility. You own anything that happens as a result of your actions with that firearm in your hand. Don't blame the prop crew. Yes, they they fucked up. But at the end of the day, 
you own any action that happens with that firearm in your hand. The number one rule of firearm safety. And, you know, people, those of us that grew up with firearms in our hands have had this just drilled into our heads is always treat every gun as if it were loaded. That means you don't point it anywhere that's not a safe direction. That means you don't pull the trigger on it needlessly. You don't, you know, you treat it like the responsibility that it is. And in Hollywood, they don't take responsibility for this. Prop crews do it. They they load it. They make sure it has blanks, not live rounds. Make sure it has dummy rounds in it. They. I do not understand this mentality of, I am so entitled that if I pick up a prop gun and it kills someone, well, it's not my fault. You know, and people are making excuses for Alec Baldwin. Well, the prop crew screwed up. Well, they did. But at the end of the day, you had the gun in your hand. You own this. And I'm sorry, there should be some sort of criminal charges come out of this. There should be negligent homicide or manslaughter or something should come out of this. And we all know it won't. I mean, that just, that doesn't happen. When you're rich, you're famous, you don't have to answer for your actions in this country. And that's pathetic and pitiful, but it's very much the way things seem to have become. The on these movie sets, there is supposed to be with any any prop firearm that is used, there is supposed to be a double verification process. There is a head armor who is the person that oversees all use of firearms. They do training for the actors. They teach them how to properly hold the firearm, make it convincing, make it look convincing in scenes. They teach them how to shoot. They are the ones who supervise all of that. And then there are, you know, people who work under them. And these people are in charge of making sure a firearm has blanks in it or that it is completely cold, that it has nothing in it, that, you know, they are the ones in charge of this. And I wouldn't be willing, if I was an actor, to put my life or anyone else's life in someone else's hands like that when I was going to be the one holding the firearm. I would want to check it myself. I would want to eject the magazine, check the rounds that are in it, check the, you know, check the barrel, make sure I would want to verify for myself that that firearm was safe. And apparently these people in Hollywood are too good to do that. You know, that that's not my job. That's, that's some prop guy's job. I'm just supposed to pick it up and shoot this scene where I shoot 45 rounds out of a 10 round firearm and, you know, hit 27 people in 25 shots. And, you know, they just, they're just supposed to pick it up and shoot this scene and look glorious with it. And I think one of the interesting parts of this is, you know, you see a lot of people in Hollywood that attack gun owners association of America and the national rifle association. You know, they, they just act like these are they call them terrorist organizations and threats to national security. Well, listen, dipshit, if you had taken one safety course from the NRA, Gun Owners of America, CCW Safe, you pick the organization, if you had taken one safety training course from them and listened to it and applied it to your actions, this woman would not have died. This man would not have been injured. Because they teach you 
you always verify it yourself. You treat every firearm as if it's loaded. Point it only in a safe direction. Do not point it any, anywhere that you don't intend to shoot. You verify it yourself. You you pull the slide back. You pull, drop the magazine. You check it yourself. First rule of gun safety. First rule of anything in life. If it's in your hand, you're accountable for what happens. And that's just, like I said, not even just with firearms. You know, I... That's everything in life. If you have it in your hand, and we have a tendency this day and age to not be that way. You know, if someone shoots someone, it's it's the gun, you know. And to to not want to hold people accountable for their actions, we want to find excuses and blame inanimate objects and all this ignorant shit. But at the end of the day, I would want to know, and I can't believe someone else wouldn't, that what I was doing was not going to result in someone's death. And, you know, I know these guys shoot scenes where they're pointing guns full of blanks at people and all this and all that. Well, I would want to check those, those firearms myself. I would want to know for my own mental comfort that that had nothing but blank rounds in it. I, I just would have to know, I would have to clear the barrel myself. I would have to know that the, what I did was not going to result in someone else's injury or death. And, you know, these people are so horribly anti-Second Amendment, by and large. You know, Alec Baldwin's a big one. And, you know, you've got all these people in Hollywood that are against the Second Amendment. They're very liberal. They're, you know, basically mouthpieces for the Democrat Party. And which, if anybody gives a shit what somebody from Hollywood thinks, then they're not real smart anyway, because these are basically trained entertainers. They're they're performing animals. You know, we, we spend our money to watch them pretend they're somebody else. So wealth does not convey intelligence. Unfortunately, in this country, and I think today in the world in general, too many people believe that wealth and fame somehow conveys intelligence somehow conveys knowledge, somehow makes someone's opinion more worthwhile, more righteous, more educated, more useful. And that's not the case. These are everyday people that just happen to be good at pretending they're someone else. And, you know, I got, I got grandkids that are single digit age that can watch TV and then go out and play and pretend they're someone else. That doesn't, doesn't mean that I need to listen to their political opinions, but they're so horribly anti-Second Amendment, except when it can make them money. They think it's great to run through a scene in a movie where, you know, you take out five bad guys and all this and all that. And, you know, they make millions of dollars for making these movies that just make it look like you pick up a gun and you're just going to go bring justice to the entire world. But yet at the same time, they don't believe that I should be able to keep the firearms in my home that I choose to for my family's safety, for putting food on my table, for if I just want to go out and shoot it, you know, they, they don't believe that I should have that right, but they think it's okay for them to make millions of dollars making movies that basically make it look like having a firearm in your hand makes you some kind of God. And the level of hypocrisy in that is, it's mind-blowing. You know, I cannot, cannot believe that 
that people can with a straight face exhibit this level of hypocrisy and think there's nothing wrong with it. So, you know, at the end of the day, there's, there's supposed to be in Hollywood, a double verification process. Two people from the armor crew are supposed to check every firearm. And apparently that didn't happen in this case. And apparently the idiot with the gun in his hand didn't understand the fact that you verify that yourself. You check that yourself. You don't trust that to anyone else. You know, and look at a dollar bill. It says in God, we trust. It doesn't list anyone else. So anyone else I just assume is pretty fallible. And I'd rather double check their work and make sure that their shoddy work is not going to, to affect me. So, you know, point one, you have the gun, you own what happens as a result of that firearm being in your hand. Point number two, we touched on why are you pointing a gun at crew members? It's not like you're shooting a scene and an accident happened. One of the other actors was injured or killed, you know, a la Brandon Lee. It's you were pointing a gun at crew members. That is the very definition of negligent handling of a firearm. That is the absolute definition of stupidity. It's not someone you're shooting a scene with. There's absolutely no reason why anything should have been pointed at crew members other than being a jackass and trying to show off. Well, congratulations. You wanted to be famous. You're famous. And I don't think this is how you wanted it to happen. Maybe you should have had your head out of your ass. Maybe you should have checked things yourself. Maybe you shouldn't have been horsing around with a firearm in your hand. You know, point number three, trust but verify. And I said this, you know, earlier. Let's, if I've got the firearm in my hand, it's my responsibility to check it to make sure there is not a live round in it, to make sure that it is loaded with blanks, to make sure that there is not a round chambered, to make sure there are no obstructions in the barrel that could be pushed out and cause injury to someone, to make sure if you're using blanks up close that you have the proper apparatus on there for catching debris. I mean, there's there's so many moving parts to this that, that they just don't pay any attention to. You know, it it's the simplest thing in the world and it takes no time. I'm literally sitting here with a handgun, popped the magazine out of it, verified what ammunition was in it, pulled the slide back and to make sure that the chamber was clear. And it took me literally a few seconds. You know, it, it takes no time to be smart and to be careful. If your life is so busy and on that movie set that you cannot take the time to do these things, you should not be making movies that involve firearms. You know, go back to the cat in the hat. Don't, don't be trying to use firearms in a movie. You, you apparently don't have the common sense for it. You don't know that you verify that yourself. You don't know that you don't ever point that somewhere. You don't plan to shoot. Simple fact it. It's up to you. When you hold the gun, it's up to you to make sure your actions are safe. It's not up to a prop crew, 
or a director or a screenwriter or any damn body in the world but you to make sure that your actions are safe. If you're unable or unwilling to do so, then you probably shouldn't have that firearm in your hand. It's just a fact of life. If you can't practice proper safety, don't pick the damn gun up. These, the anti-Second Amendment sentiment you see come so prevailingly out of Hollywood is based in ignorance primarily. You know, I've, I've owned firearms my entire life. I've been around firearms since I was a kid. I have been fire shooting guns since I was big enough to hold the 22 up off the ground. And congratulations, Alec Baldwin, you have one more dead body on your hands than I do. And you own that. You know, I all the people on social media that are making excuses, it's not your fault, it's the prop crew's fault. Bullshit. You can kiss Alec Baldwin's ass all you want. It doesn't make you look smart. It makes you look like an idiot that doesn't know what you're talking about. And quite frankly, I'm not real sure why a movie set would have live ammo on it anyway. Why Why would there even be the possibility of a live round ending up in a prop firearm? Why would you at any point have live ammunition near those firearms that were going to be used to shoot a scene. You know, you see all the, somebody shoots and something blows up in the background or whatever. That's all done with the explosives. That's all done. That's, they're not actually shooting live rounds across a movie set. They're, why in the hell was there live ammunition present in the first place? What, what idiot kept live ammo near prop firearms? You know, they, they tell us, oh, store your firearms and your ammunition separately. But apparently they had live rounds on a movie set. I, I don't get it. It makes no damn sense to me in no universe. Can I put that together where it's not just going to look like either. And this may sound kind of tinfoil haddish, but maybe somebody had malicious intent. Or it was absolutely one of the worst cases of negligence in the history of negligence. Either way, a woman is dead, a man is injured, and we will see nothing come of it. It'll be the same old shit. It'll be, oh, well, he didn't mean to do it, you know. I guess if you got enough money, you can say I didn't mean to do it, and they'll believe you. You know, if, if I was to have a firearm in my home, that was discharged in an unsafe manner and someone was injured, I would be criminally prosecuted and rightfully so, you know, they, they would consider it. I mean, if I leave a firearm or a teenage kid that's in my home happens to get a hold of it and someone gets hurt, I can be held criminally liable for that. You know, say states are passing safe storage laws and such things as that. And at the end of the day, you own them. It's your job to make sure they're stored safely. You know, that they're where kids don't know where they're at, can't get to them, that you probably better make sure if your neighbor's an actor that you hide them where he can't find them either. But if I did that, 
I would be prosecuted criminally. They would find some sort of charge, negligent homicide, manslaughter, you know, something of that nature. Or if someone else, one of the kids in the house got a hold of one of my firearms, I could, a lot of states, I could be prosecuted under safe storage laws. And, but they're, we're going to watch and I'm pretty well willing to bet we're not going to see anything come of this. It's going to be, oh, well, he didn't mean to do it. Well, that doesn't change the fact that a woman is dead. It doesn't change the fact that she is dead by his hand, by his negligence, by his failing to properly act say in a safe manner with a firearm in his hand. That's, that's the bottom line. He acted in an unsafe manner with a firearm in his hand. If I did that, you did that, we would be in trouble. We're going to watch absolutely jack shit come out of this. He'll issue, you know, he's already on social media talking about how heartbroken he is. And, and I'm not saying the guy's not remorseful. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not trying to make him out to be a monster. What I'm saying is that wouldn't be the end of it for me. That wouldn't be the end of it for you. That wouldn't be the end of it for anybody on Main Street America. But we'll watch it be the end of it for Alec Baldwin. He'll make some kind of gesture to the family and he'll talk about how sorry he is. And like I said, I'm not saying that he's not. Because I'm not, not going to paint the man as a monster. He's an idiot. But that doesn't mean he's a monster. You know, that doesn't mean he doesn't have a conscience. That doesn't mean this isn't going to to affect him mentally that's not going to bother him i'm not saying that what i am saying is he won't be accountable for it we will not see him held accountable we'll not see any kind of legal accountability for this other than maybe civilly you know i mean i guess probably he could the family could go after him and sue him and probably get some money out of the deal but that's not that's not the same as being held criminally accountable being held legally accountable you know other than and what are you going to do? Give somebody a few million dollars that Alec Baldwin is the equivalent of me taking whatever cash is in my billfold at the moment and giving it away. So we're just not going to see accountability for this. And as bad as I hate to say it, I've kind of just come to expect that in this country that, you know, they talk about white privilege and all this. Well, what we have in this country is we have wealth privilege. We have, if, well, liberal wealth privilege. If you're Alec Baldwin, nothing's going to come of this. Now, if you were somebody a little more conservative, you know, like uh, Mark Wahlberg or, you know, someone of that nature that Dean Kane, Christy Swanson, you know, one of the celebrities in Hollywood we see that is more conservative, you might see more come out of this. But he's literally going to have liberals at every level from the social media sycophants that get on social media just to kiss Alec Baldwin's ass and tell him, oh, it's not your fault. You shouldn't feel terrible. I mean, from there, clear up to, we'll see high-level elected officials defend Alec Baldwin here. You just mark my words. You will see elected officials say, well, it wasn't his fault. They handed him a hot gun. Well, the dipshit should have checked and seen. If he'd have known he had a hot gun, maybe he'd have been smart enough not to point it at crew members. If he had a cold gun in his hand, he should have been smart enough not to point it at crew members for shit's sake. But we're not going to see anything come out of it. We won't see accountability. We won't see any kind of criminal liability for this. There should be. 
and I'm not saying murder because, you know, murder kind of means there's intent with a murder charge with for a murder charge. There has to have been intent to take someone's life where negligent homicide or maybe even a manslaughter charge where, you know, your actions without you intending to your actions still took the life of another. And that's what happened here. You know, I'm not saying that he just, well, I'm going to go shoot a cast member because I seriously doubt that's the case. But he certainly didn't pay attention and didn't do all the requisite things he did to make sure this didn't happen. And that's where negligence and, you know, charges like manslaughter come in. You didn't act in an intelligent manner and someone lost their life. And you may not have intended that to happen, but that doesn't change the fact that it did. Like I said, I don't think we'll see this happen. It would with me. It would with you. It would with about every rank and file person walking down Main Street America today. But we're probably not going to see that because there's, well, this, you know, the wealthy liberal privilege that, well, I've got enough money and I said I didn't mean to do it. So I can get away with about any damn thing. But we can hope that's not the case. But I got a feeling it's just hoping against hope that that's going to happen. And. Uh, we're basically just going to have to wait and see. Like you hear me say a lot, you know, we'll keep an eye on this and watch what, what happens. The something else I wanted to briefly touch on here in the next segment is this horrible negotiation that's going on over the stupid things in these reconciliation and spending bills, you know, uh, so I want to want to touch on those briefly. So that'll be what we talk about in our next segment. So in a show, a few shows back, we talked about the IRS bank reporting requirements that the Democrats were trying to push through. And at the time they were pushing for a requirement that the IRS would receive a record of all transactions, deposits, withdrawals, transfers, anything for any account with a balance of $600 or more. And there was a lot of pushback on that from Republicans and the general public. And so we've now seen the Democrats pivot a little bit. Well, there's going to be something, but we're willing to negotiate. Well, their latest offer in this quote unquote negotiation, which is kind of a joke is that the IRS receive all records for any accounts with $10,000 in annual deposits. Now, remember, there's a reporting requirement right now that any deposit of $10,000 or more or withdrawal of $10,000 or more at one time is supposed to be reported to the IRS. Now they're saying any account with $10,000 in annual deposits. Now, let's let's kind of look at this and break it down. If you have a job and mind you, this is not even up to minimum wage that pays $5 an hour. You make gross income $10,400 in a 52 week year. That's 2,080 working hours, $10,400. So now let's just go to federal minimum wage, which I believe is 725. So at 725 an hour, 
your gross income would be around $15,000. So after taxes, if you go take your checks and put them straight in the bank, a minimum wage job would require that the bank report every transaction on your account for the entire year to the IRS. Minimum wage. That means, and of course, nobody pays minimum wage now because you can't hire anybody for minimum wage. McDonald's in my hometown, for shit's sake, has a sign out there paying $14 an hour. So, you know, which is $29,000 a year. So basically, this is saying we're going to peek under your skirt, but we're not going to buy you dinner if you work at all. You know, if people on Social Security that never made a lot of money in their life, if your Social Security every year or every month is $900, then everything that you do goes right to the IRS. Every transaction, every time you go put gas in your car, every time you go buy groceries, every time you go buy, if you use any kind of bank transaction, if you buy a pocket handful of snacks, a few packs of gum, that goes straight to the IRS. You now get would get a 1099 on that account that you would have to turn in with your taxes. This is their negotiating point, okay? A $600 balance in a bank account, well, no, we don't want you doing that. Okay, well, how about if you deposit $10,000 annually? Okay, that's not quite $200 a week. So you ain't got to have a great job. If your money goes in the bank, everything gets reported to the IRS. If they want to negotiate on this, let's actually negotiate from a standpoint of being realistic. You know, let's, let's go. Oh, I don't know. I don't think the IRS has a right to know shit about anybody's bank accounts. Personally, I think you send them your income information, you pay whatever is due and that should be the damn end of it. Well, we shouldn't even have an IRS. We should have a national sales tax or a flat tax. And then there's no need for the IRS. We get rid of it. It's just more government waste. You know, money goes directly to treasury. They do with it what needs to be done through Congress. But that's probably not ever going to happen. Because God knows that, you know, the government loves their bureaucracies. But let's, if we're going to have to, going to have to swallow this pill, then let's say, okay, Joe Biden says he's not going to raise taxes on anybody that makes less than $400,000 a year. So if you make $400,000 a year by the time taxes are gone and all that, let's say $300,000. So let's say bank accounts with $300,000 in annual deposits, 250000 you know, not 10000 where anybody that gets out and works is going to have everything reported to the IRS. There's just no sense in this. It's going to create a paperwork nightmare. It's going to overwhelm the IRS. It's going to overwhelm banks. It's going to cause little bitty stupid things to cause people to get penalized. Inadvertent oversights. You know, not it. There's a difference between somebody that, you know, didn't report that $100 in income they made because they went and mowed a couple lawns and somebody that, makes millions of dollars a year and tries to hide it. I mean, there's, there's just a huge difference. And 
they, you know, one of the other things that's in these bills that we need to really pay attention to and is a 3% federal tax on single family homes and privately owned property. 3%. So let's roll that snowball down the hill. You've graduated high school, you know, went and got a job. You've worked hard in your early twenties. You decided to buy a home. You might've paid $75,000 for that home. Real estate market has gone crazy. You've worked hard. You paid your home off. You're now 40. And that home suddenly appraises for $200,000. Well, essentially what this does is all of a sudden you've got to make a $500 a month payment on that home again. You're back to making house payments to the federal government. You know, uh, that's six grand a year. That's $500 a month. It's like having a house payment again. You know, it, I mean, everybody pays property taxes that are, you know, county and city and what have you that help fund schools and help fund county infrastructure and all this shit. But, but this is not, not something that is manageable that it's three percent it's literally who in the world you don't have to own in today's market that nice a home you know if you have a decent home it's still going to appraise for it's not hard to have a hundred fifty thousand dollar home well that's forty five hundred dollars a year you know that that's not something that is and what it is it's meant to push people out of private home ownership if you can't afford this tax federal government comes and takes your home Federal government comes and takes your property. Say you're that guy that his whole life wanted to have some property that he could he could hunt on and his kids could hunt on and maybe someday his grandkids. And he scrimped and he saved and he worked his ass off and he went out and bought 200 acres. Well, once again, land values are way high. If any, you know, if you've done any property shopping lately, you know how crazy the prices are. So suddenly that 200 acres that he bought and worked his ass off for is worth a couple hundred thousand dollars. He's made a couple improvements on it. He's maybe built a hunting cabin. He's maybe drilled a well, uh, you know. So now they come appraise that property and they say, wow, you've done a good job here. You know, you've created these pastures and you've cleaned the timber up on it and you built this little cabin and you put in a well and you brought electricity into it. Wow, it's worth $250,000 now. Well, uh, holy shit, that's 75, you know, not 7,500, excuse me, my math is terrible $6,750 a year in taxes so or no it is $7,500 excuse me so now all of a sudden here's another $7,500 a year you're having to pay in taxes on that property well hell that's like having to make a $625 a month payment on that property that you worked your ass off and paid for they don't want you to own anything they want you to live in the pot, eat the bugs. You know, they they want to make home ownership unaffordable. That's the reason you've seen these groups like BlackRock and all these big places going into these subdivisions and buying immediately post-construction for over-asking price. That's the reason you see, you know, and we've got this very growing movement in this country from these kids that went and went to school for several years on student loans and now they're in debt and they know that because they're dumbasses and got degrees that don't pay any money, they're not going to be able to afford to own a home. So they think you shouldn't. They believe we should abolish private property. You know, they believe someone should not be able to own a second property for to rent out. It's, it's hoarding houses. And so they're trying to cater to these dipshits 
by making it almost impossible to own your own home, to own private property. You know, they, they don't want you to. Well, plain and simple fact, most of us, you know, if you have, like I said, we'll just go through and say a home that's worth $150,000 and 200 acres of hunting property or ranching property you raise cattle on or whatever. If you have worked hard to own that in your life, now all of a sudden you owe all this extra tax money on it. You know, you got 12 grand a year. You're supposed to pay in taxes to keep that. Well, that's, most of us can't afford to suddenly take on a thousand dollar a month payment. And that's what it amounts to. You know, they, they don't want you to own anything. We need to be on the phone to our elected representatives. We need to be writing letters, making phone calls, putting signs out in your front yard. We need to make people aware of these things because these are the kind of poison pills and little things that they slip into these bills and they don't tell you they're in there. Unless you really pay attention, you won't know they're in there. And all of a sudden you say, well, they're just trying to pass a bill to build infrastructure. Well, the other thing they're doing is they've tagged this tax onto that damn bill. And that tax is going to cause you to lose everything you've worked for. You know, we need to pay attention. We need to be calling our reps. We need to do all these things to make sure that we know that our neighbors know broadcast it from the rooftops make sure people know the kind of shit they're trying to slip into these bills because people can't fight it if they're not aware it exists so we really need to to pay attention to this stuff you know and i don't know about you guys but i don't want to have to start paying a three percent federal tax on my damn property i mean that's in addition to the ridiculous amount of money we already pay in sales tax and you know income tax and all these other taxes, there's just, we need to be aware of this and we need to make sure we get a hold of our elected officials and say, Hey, this can't pass. We can't have this. This is, this is going to break people. You know, they, they don't care if they're running a third world country, as long as they get to run it, they don't care if you're able to own anything because it's not going to affect them. You know, you hide and watch Congress finds ways to exempt themselves from things. And so we don't ha have that transparency with them. We don't see, we don't, you know, they're not going to plain and simple fact. Congress members will find a way if they own $10 million worth of property, they ain't paying $300,000 a year in taxes on it. They're just not, not going to happen. And, but if we aren't careful, we will be. So let's get on the phone. Let's find those phone numbers. Call our elected representatives and let them know, hey, this this can't happen. We can't have this. This isn't isn't sustainable. It's not something that people can afford to do. All it's going to do is cause people to lose what they've worked for. So we need to make sure we, we get a hold of the appropriate people. And I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. One of the most important things we can do as citizens of this country is remember, we have the right to contact our elected officials and make our voices heard, make our opinions known. And we need to do this now more than we have ever needed to do this in our country because folks, the margins we're hanging by are pretty slim. I mean, that, that thread's getting a little bit frayed and we're just within inches of this whole country being gone. So we need to make sure that we do that. We contact our elected officials. We, I don't care, put a sign out in your front yard, tell your neighbors, make sure they're aware of it. 
you know, we, we need to make sure that the public is aware of what our elected officials are trying to do. That's, that's the first step in trying to, to keep this country free, because if the government's able to come in and take your, your property over a tax they passed, well, now they own you. Now, you know, we already were forced to pay property taxes on vehicles in our home. We get to rent it from local government as it is. And it's going to be even worse if we're having to pay rent to the damn federal government too, because they don't understand what a little bit is. They, they want more and more. If it starts out at 3%, which is already a ridiculous amount, but if it starts out at that, do you think it'll ever go down? No, it will go up. It will be, you know, then in, well, we need more money for this. So let's raise that up to 4%. You know, let's, they're just going to take more and more if we let them. They're, they're not at any point going to start giving back. So let's make sure we pay attention to these bills. That, and there's more garbage in there, but that was just two of the things that really jumped out at me is, you know, they're trying to change their negotiating point on this bank reporting garbage. And a $600 balance or $10,000 in annual deposits, neither one of those is going to do anything about rich people that are evading taxes. That's going to go after the rank and file Main Street America to try to have these little gotcha rules where, oh, there was $100 here you didn't report. You know, it, it's not going to go after major tax evasion. It's just not. That's not what it's about. It's about more ways to peek under your skirt without buying you dinner. And so let's get a hold of the appropriate people and let them know we don't appreciate it, that we're not going to tolerate it, that they can speak out against it or we can speak out when, when, they're, when they come up for a reelection. You know, that, that's the one language they understand is you're not going to get reelected well, then they start listening a little bit if they think that's legitimately a problem. So that's pretty much our show for tonight. And, you know, I hope you enjoy it. And if you do, feel free to tell a friend. And if not, feel free to tell me. I'm on Twitter at Redneck Ranch Pod. And we can be reached via email, rantingrednecpod at gmail.com. So if you like what you hear, tell a friend. If not, feel free to tell me. This is supposed to be fun for all of us, and maybe we learn a little something along the way. So let me know what you think. Thanks for listening.